Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of The Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is Jennifer Bellick. Thank you for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you so much for the opportunity to take part. So, Jennifer, what is your business? What gets you excited? (laughs) Well, my business is KISS Payments, which stands for Keep It Simple Payments, which is pretty much what our business is about. Um, I got into the payment processing industry um, in order to help my dad, who got into a contract that he was not happy with, and pretty much came to the conclusion that more business owners needed to understand the industry. They needed to understand what they were paying, why they were paying it, because there's nothing more frustrating out there than paying a bill you don't understand. And that's that's a big one. And if you're doing business, there's so many different options and hidden fees and just absolutely everything. They find ways to take your money. (laughs) A cost of doing business. And pretty much it's not going to go away. You know, we can all look at it and go, it's expensive and I hate it. And but it's not going to go away. Uh, We as consumers, and I'm the first to admit I don't carry cash anymore. I've got my debit and my credit card, and I hit the streets, and that's all I've got with me. So it's part of it. So it's the cost of doing business, but it doesn't have to be so frustrating. It doesn't have to be something that you're constantly questioning. Am I overpaying? Do I need to have this? What are my options? And so many people just sort of think, okay, I want to do business. I have to be able to take credit cards. I need to set up a bank account. They talk to their bank. Their bank says, okay, call this number. They call that number. They get given told, this is your rate. This is your rate. This is your rate. Here's your terminal and you're good to go. And they're so busy in their business and running their business. And that's where their passion is. And that's where they want to put their energy and time and need to put their time and energy. Um, that this gets kind of shoved over to the side and just sort of almost, for lack of a better word, festers because it's something that you just don't give the attention to but bothers you all the time. And uh, what I do is basically go in there and say, okay, here's how it works. These are the rates. And moving it forward, it's something you can control rather than feeling it's controlling you. Oh, yeah. No, I I fully agree with you. Yes, it's a cost of doing business, but do they know what they actually properly need for their business? Are they being 
charged fairly? Do they understand the capabilities and are they using them? I've come across so many where it's this stuff, like I said, it's all these different hidden fees and stuff that pops up and it's just like, ah, that's the part that drives me nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I always say to people, think about walking outside of, and I always go back to this just because I'm a Walmart shopper, but think about walking out of Walmart, looking down at your receipt and not knowing, okay, well, I was supposed to pay 99 cents for bananas and I was going to pay $10 for my toilet paper, $6 for my socks, and it comes down to a grand total. Instead, you look down and it's like all X's and O's with a total at the bottom. And you're like, does that add up properly? No. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of, so for anyone in business, they, they need someone like you in their world to help them. If I can help take out some of that frustration and just make it something where it's like, okay, there's my bill, here's what I pay, I'm comfortable with it, and move forward, then that's it. It's just to remove the frustration and the anxiety, and that's where my passion comes in. Because I get so many merchants who are just so angry with the industry and so upset with the way it's run. And I can't dispute with them. The way it's traditionally run does come across very convoluted. And they've done it on purpose, which mm -hmm. is a nasty, you know, a nasty component. But if we can remove all of that, take away the anxiety and the frustration, and it just becomes one more bill that they're comfortable paying. There's that much more time and energy going back into their business and building their business. So uh, it's it's rewarding. It's as much as it's frustrating and as much as you get a lot of doors slammed in your face because people are just so tired of somebody coming in saying, just send me your statement and I'll save you money and, and all those sort of lines that they're just tired of hearing. But you can actually make a difference. You, it becomes a really positive experience, and that's 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 where I want to be is helping people and giving them that clarity back. And what is your family situation? I have um, a very wonderful husband that I could not do what I do without his support, and four children that range from just about eighteen down to eight. Oh my, four kids. You have a very full life, dear. <laughs> yes, I do. So having four kids and running your, your business and all this stuff, do your kids pay any attention or ask you any questions about what you're doing business-wise? And Because your business is basically dealing with money. Yes and no. Um, they understand money. They understand that uh, they're more aware of credit card machines and when credit cards get used than I think a lot of kids are. Um, and they hear me discuss all the time with merchants how uh, different cards cost the merchant more money to accept um, and how they need to think about how do I want to accept cards and whatnot. And all of those things. So they're more aware when it comes to that than I think most kids are. But as far as the actual cash, I don't think they're any further ahead. They, they understand more, um, when you ask them, uh, think about how you want to pay something, how you want to accept payment, and those thoughts go through their head. But the, I'm just trying to think, like the, the actual amount at the end, the total, 
I don't think it means as more to them than it would to somebody else. So what questions do they ask you about money and stuff? Like, is that a conversation that they ever bring up themselves, especially, like I said, with your older kids? Because they're very much part of the uh, financial world now. Um, it's something we're still working on. We've never really imposed, um, or I shouldn't say opposed, or I would say give them the opportunity to have an allowance. So they, they're aware they need to have money to get something. Uh, so my kids might come in and say, mom, what do I need to get this? And I've started and you'll have to tell me if this is maybe the wrong approach because I think you talk to more kids, but I've started trying to do the same thing. My husband has always done his whole life where you equate it to an hour's work of your time to how many hours something would take. So my son wanted, uh, I'm just trying to think he wanted a game, a video game, and the game was about $30. And I sort of equated that and said, okay, well, your average um, income is, say, $11 an hour, because this was a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so that's about two and a half hours worth of my time at the time. Okay. And I said, okay, so you want two and a half hours of my time is what this equates to. What can you give me? Like, make it worth my time. So he had to do some chores and he had to do some work and he had to basically give me two and a half hours of his time for me to give him the money. And it wasn't the money I was trying to get at. I was trying to make him think, um, you know, it takes effort. It takes time. It takes this to get money. And then once I've earned this money, does what I'm trying to buy still interest me enough that I want to then spend the money on it? Um, it's like I said, it goes back to my, what my husband's done since he was like 16 or 17. If I have to work 10 hours to get this, is it worth that time and effort to me to have it? Well, that's definitely one one way of 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 looking at it, and I, and I like that because yes, so many kids because they don't they've had so much given to them that they don't understand what it takes to actually be buying these things, and and is it worth it? Some of the other questions I would put in with it because there's there's kids that, and it's quite common at Christmas and stuff because they'll do all this major advertising for things before Christmas, and then. The kids play with it for like a, maybe a day and then they never touch it again. Like, what is the, like, is this something that you're going to be using long time or is it just kind of shiny and it's sparkly for the advertising or is it something that you're actually going to get long term value out of? So it's not just the upfront cost. And then also, what is it going to take you to take care of it and look after it? No, that, that's definitely worth putting in as well. And much the same thing that we've done, like if they come and say, I want a video game. Well, when did you finish your last video game? How long did you, you know, did it, did it take you? Are you going to play it again or are you done? You know, it's another thing that my kids do that I'm trying to get them to think about a little more is, well, the younger kids like Pokemon. <laughs> my daughter was totally in Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and the older kids like Magic the mm, Gathering. Okay. And what I really like 
about the Pokemon is we have a store here in town where the kids can go. They can play for free. It's run like a mini tournament. There's prizes at the end of the night. And they don't really have to keep buying if they're content with the deck they have. Obviously, they want them to buy more. But it's, you know, it's something you can do. You've invested. You've got a deck. It's worth playing. Now you can go every week. You can play with the kids, you know, and, and it's a good night. Magic the Gathering, much the same thing. On Saturday, you can go and you can invest more or not invest more. And the boys are much more... And they're the older two. They're much more into the, I want new cards all the time. Uh, they're more aware of the monetary value of trading those cards. Um, how rare they are, all of those things. So they're very into that. Um, so when I'm talking to them and they go, well, I want to go and I want to go. And it's $15 to go to a booster draft where they get their decks uh, on Fridays. It's like, okay, well, you can go. But I want to see you going on the Saturdays where it's free and using the decks and playing with it. I don't want you just going on Fridays where you're getting new cards because you want to hit the jackpot of that pulling that one card that's worth, you know, a lot of money. You know, it's it's like now we're getting into a gambling aspect and you need to be aware that this is a type of gambling (laughs) and not that you don't do it. But it has to be controlled. I, I love that you're pointing that out because that's a huge thing with so many of these games or the online apps and stuff. We'll get you in for free. But if you want to get this next package or this this thing that you, this this new weapon or whatever it is that you need to move to the next level, it's going to be this. And then, and then they're always wanting you to be spending more. Or, yes, you do this gambling and things like that. And it, and it sucks in not just kids, but adults. And, man... People can go through an awful lot of money doing those games. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And what we try to do is not say it's bad or that it's good, just so much of it is what it is. Yeah, the the awareness and making the conscious choices. Exactly, and set your limits. Isn't that, I can't remember if it was when we were back in BC, but there was this big push of, you know, set your limits. Yeah, it's all over. If you ever go into... uh casino or, any, or anything like that. And I think they always also put it on for the, the lottery commercials. Yeah, like I said, I remember it being big and it and it's people stick to it when it comes to lottery, but it's like you need to take that same philosophy and put it on anything else. Like uh people who like their coffees every day. Well what's your limit on spending for coffee? Stay within it, you know, set your limit for this, set your limit for that and all those talks about budgeting and all of those things. It's like you need to you need to take it away from just gambling, if you like, and apply it to more is what I'm trying to teach my oh, kids. Oh, yeah, and you need to do that, especially because more and more of our, our society is becoming cashless. And while there's definitely perks to that, when you have to physically hand over the cash, they see it and they make the connection. But if they can just, like, do the tap or put put in the machine, they don't they don't see that. And that's why they have so many of these apps. Well, we'll just take it directly out of your bank account or it's hooked up to your credit card and, and it only takes a moment and then they don't see it until you get that credit card bill or your bank statement going, oh my God, how much money did I spend on that? Because you didn't connect with it. Well, it was only two or three bucks at a time or it was, it was five bucks and they were having this massive sale and this package is normally like 80 bucks and they got it for 30 and then they're going, I had no idea. It's, it's not seeing it. It's being unconscious. 
Yeah, no, for sure. That, that's a huge one. And I know for myself that uh, I have a uh, email I get every morning that's uh, BookBub, and it uh, allows you to purchase yep. ebooks that they're done, and some of them are free, and some of them are 99 cents, and some of them are, you know, $1.99, whichever. It's promoting different authors and different books at discount pricing and whatnot, right? And I'm a big reader. Like, I read all the time. So it's like, oh, this is fantastic. And I went from having, like, I don't know, 50 books in my Kobo account to well over a 1,000 in a year. (laughs) And I, I will tell you, most of them were free, but a lot of them weren't. Um, and it did the first, I would say three or four months. I wasn't really paying attention to how much I was doing of these 99 cents, a dollar 99, you know, 299 books. Cause I think, Oh, no more than a cup of yep. coffee. Right. But I mean, I might buy four or five cups of coffee out in a week. And I was looking at this going, Oh, it's just a, no worse than a cup of coffee, but I'd buy 12, <laughs> you know, um, and whatnot. And all of a sudden I'd be looking at it and going, Holy smokes. So I had to really sort of curtail that after, a, you know, a couple of months when it, it sort of pinged in my mind just how much I was spending on these books. What are the chances you are going to read even have the time to even read half of those books? And, and that's become the thing. It's like I, I now I grab the free one thinking, oh, that sounds interesting. And, you know, it's free. If I read it, great. But when it comes to the 99 cents or the dollar 99, it's like, how much, like, am I actually going to read it? I have to be very honest with myself. Am I going to read it? Um, and I have so many of these books now that it's like, I'm glad it's on my Kobo and I don't have to try and find a physical place to put these books because <laughs> otherwise your house would be full. <laughs> I'd be out of house and home. It would all be a covered for my books at this point. Yeah. And, and that, that, that happens with so so many of us. That's why I'm going. It comes comes down to the question. It's not just how much is it costing you, but like if it's a toy or a game or something with kids, how much are you actually going to be using this and playing with it? Like my daughter, like she wanted her Nintendo Switch, so we worked out a deal. She helped with the renovations for like the last six months of 2017, and she got her Switch and and her game, and she plays it quite regularly. So I don't have a problem with that, but there's so many kids, like I said, they'll get it and they, they play with it for a little while or they, they start collecting all these things and it's like, how are you ever going to read a thousand books or they'll, they'll collect the apps and stuff like that. It's like, how do you even take care of that stuff? Because <laughs> one of the things I've always trained my daughter is because I'm an anal retentive meat freak and I'm going, we only have so much space in our house and here's the space, here's your toy cupboard. And your stuff has to fit in here. So at least twice a year we go through. Now she's she's old enough that she goes through and does it on her own. But I'm going, you've got a birthday coming up or Christmas. Or you want new toys. But, well, the, your space is already full. So you have to go through and figure out what you're going to be donating to the, to the Salvation Army or, like, your younger cousins or whatever. Because this is the space. And if it doesn't fit in this space, you can't have any more. I've started doing that with closet space with the girls because I I'm I'm bad for closet space like I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I love clothes and I like to buy clothes and I don't like to give up <laughs> clothes like it's like uh it's almost as bad as my books but now they're not ebooks they're physical right 
And uh, so the girls will say, I want a new jacket or I want this and I want that. And it's like, okay, well, do you need a new jacket? Um, do you need a new pair of boots? Because you only really can wear one, you know. Um, they want four new shirts. Okay, well, let's go see if we can find four shirts that are, you know, maybe a little bit ratty and tatty and you want to give up and let's get rid of those. Then we can have, you know, more new shirts and whatnot. And I think I'm bad with them or harsh with them or however you want to sort of say it because I know how bad I am myself, and it's a habit I'd like them to not take away with them. Yeah, I don't want you to inherit that quirk for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which makes it tough, because I'm having to really crack down on myself. Or maybe it's a good thing, you know. Um, I'm trying to, when I'm telling them that, do it myself more. Go through my closet more, pull out things, and and get rid of things, uh, or not get rid of them, but yeah. donate them. A lot of them are gently used, so if they're gently used, I honestly feel like they should go yeah. somewhere where they may have been used to somebody. So to finish up here with, with the four kids, if you could make sure that your four kids know three things about money when they move out of the house and are on their own, what three things would you and your husband want your kids to know so that you feel you've been successful in teaching them in this area? Well, I think my husband would definitely like to have the idea that they are aware of how much sweat equity they're putting in to get anything and to keep that in mind. Um, that's big for him. So I think he'd like to have them take that out with them. For myself, um, I want them to be better than I ever was as far as credit goes and the cost of buying things on credit. Um and not getting themselves into trouble and having to get out of trouble, rather controlling it from yes. the beginning. That would be a big one for me. Um, and uh, a third one, um, I guess not let it dictate their life. Um, it does make life simpler. We all like it. We all want things. We all want to have it. But to be aware of the fact that being able to have some time um, over your life is important too. One of the things I love about my job is being able to a degree setting my hours and having that flexibility and being able to say, um, my kids are homesick. I'm going to be at home and I'm not working today without having to ask somebody else. So that while money is important, um, not to sacrifice all their time to it. Yeah, that, and and I think that's one of the things that millennials are very good at because they've seen their parents and their grandparents and stuff sacrifice everything for a job and money and then get laid off or downsized or not have the time to be at home. So they're they're going, yeah, they're much more aware of I need to have a life as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us. It was a wonderful visit. It was, and we'll have to do it again. Next time I'm down in your area. <laughs> All right. You have a good day. You too. Take care. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook, 
at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fun, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fun Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.